Hey everybody, it's Brian David Marshall here with Michael J. Flores for, I mean, we can only really call it Stop 8 Magic at this point. Stop and Go 8 Magic. Stop and Go 8 Magic, yeah, for sure. Uh, we are, uh, we're back at Joe. It's windy. It's windy. I believe they're going to be tearing up some streets pretty soon. I might break out into a whooping cough at some point. I mean, if there's All no, the sound effects you've grown to love. If for there's Stop no jackhammers, I mean, what's the point? Yeah. I'm really hoping for for a fire truck. Like, do fire trucks just not go by places in other parts of the world? No, I think that they just figure out where we're going to podcast, so they just put all the fire trucks there. So, uh, so what are we talking about? I don't know where you've been. You've been around. Uh, I was at PAX East for the Magic Online Championships. Oh yeah, which took all of two minutes. The whole to, minute. Well, the finals. <laughs> like, oh look, you mulligan to five, and I have. Uh, Perfected you. Perfect. Yeah, you know, he had no permanence uh, um, when he lost. I didn't watch the finals. Yeah. Was it televised on the internet? It was on the internet, yes. But it didn't take very long. You could have easily no. missed it, yes. Uh, I noticed that Reed Duke, despite not not winning as he usually might, uh, still perfected the standard portion with his Jun deck. Yeah, uh, he Reed, did. Reed Duke just doesn't lose with that deck, right? No, no. I mean, he came, he came super close to top-aiding the Pro Tour with that deck. So, oh, when Turtle Turtle li- made top eight, though. Listeners, you have to guess what those sounds were just now, by the way. That that just kind of. All right, so we'll we'll give you a multiple choice. <laughs> Was it children <laughs> dragging? Look, what are those kind of bags called that they were dragging? Suitcases. Suitcases. <laughs> <laughs> guess number one: children dragging suitcases down the street. Guess two: something else. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It was children dragging suitcases. But if you guess children gra- dragging suitcases full of the dismembered bodies of their parents, you get bonus points, because that's what I think it was. Yeah. You have an active imagination. I do. You know who has an active imagination? Me. Because I play Molten Primordial in Standard. <laughs> what do you think about Molten Primordial? Um, I did not believe this was a real thing. Yeah? Until Will Price convinced me that you were actually were doing this. Yeah. So and then I looked at your blog, and you apparently... Have said this in public too. So one guy like was just like, "Wow, that Molten Primordial idea is pretty good." So he he scrubbed out of uh, Grand Prix Pittsburgh and then just won all the side tournaments. <laughs> and then he just he uh, he just won F and M West. So what does it what does it do? What does it what does that card do for you? Yeah, I guess it's the idea that just, everyone's playing creatures right now. Well, so stealing creatures is good. It's just like the best expensive thing that I could pick, right? Like, is it, is it better than like? Uh, Whatever you say, it's not going to be in my colors. Rage Beast? Yeah, I think so. Right in your colors, in both your colors. Yeah, two, but like... Two of your three colors. Like, I mean, I don't know. My opponent plays like an Aurelia, and then I cast my Gruel... My, not Gruel Rage Beast, you have me on the wrong... Uh, so I just cast my Molson Primordial and kill him. I've sure. done that many times. It's just like, opponents are playing good things, and then... It's just like you have eight Zealous Conscripts, and then sure. you can sacrifice their things to your Garrick Four, or we've been trying... Falcon Wrath Aristocrat. You can sacrifice their good thing to your Falcon Wrath Aristocrat. So you just have like eight of this great effect, you sure. know? And Wait, why not go red blue then and add cackling counterparts and make like you'd have like sixteen, maybe maybe twenty. Alright, so I'll, t- I'll tell you the thing that I have twenty of. I have Lands. four, four Arborel, <laughs> four Avicens in my red green deck, no white. Four four Avicens Pilgrim, four Farseek. 
And I'm not done. I have key runes, various kinds of key runes. I've tried both Rakdos and Gruul. I think Gruul's probably the right one. Although we had Rakdos in the, what is, what the is, version. What is the, the Gruul key rune animated into? It's just three, two trample. Yeah. It's pretty, it's, I mean. You mostly want it as early game defense? No, you just want it as an accelerator. <laughs> you just go like first turn Arbor Elf, second turn Key Rune, tap it, Abyssin's Pilgrim. <laughs> Untap Staff of Nair. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just the dream. Everything's just in the service of you playing a Staff of Nin. Well, I mean, it's just... And no, I just mean in standard. Casting expensive cards, and Staff of Nin's expensive. So, it's, um... Yeah, I mean, I have, like, one or two Staff of Nin's in my sideboard, and... I mean, you just want lots of ramp. You're playing sevens. Uh, Rabbits is like, why don't we just play Thundermaw Hellkite? It's just like, shut up. Zealous <laughs> <laughs> Conscripts is pretty sweet. Yeah, it's good. Uh, we're gonna. I think I'm gonna try a white version for Resto. I mean, let's be honest. Like, Angel of Serenity is just much better than any Primordial. Right. Have so, you thought about? Have you thought about trying to play with? Uh, and now I'm not gonna remember the name of the card, but it was it was a draft All Star. It's like just a single white mana, and it lets you blink a creature. Um, cloud cover. What's it? Um, yeah, it's something like that. I don't remember. No, now. it's like I've I've already cycled that card out of my my memory banks. I know but, what card you mean. But if you do, if you're gonna do something with white, that seems like. You know, the ability to reset your Molten Primordial or to reset... No, no, if I'm playing white, I'm not having Molten Primordial in my deck anymore. What, molten Primordial will magically transform into Angel of Serenity. I see. Angel how of Serenity or Resto Angel? I would, my fours would magically transform into Resto Angel. Okay. But this would just be like a green-white ramp deck at that point. Sure. So I, I think that there's like something novel about playing with the Molten Primordial. It's actually quite a good deck. Um... You know, its, it's power level's pretty high, which you could probably guess from... <laughs> I mean, nothing really kills a four, right? Um, I don't know. Well, I guess... If you cast Molten Primordial, you usually just win that turn. Like, you usually have another How thing. How many do you have in your deck? Four. This <laughs> is just, it's just, just a, like an elaborate April Fool's joke. No, it's a real deck. Okay. One guy plays it, and he just wins every tournament. Sure. So, um, listeners at home... What do you how how often have you made fun of me for, for my deck? Probably I, less often than I've made fun of you I, for your ideas. Do you, like, uh, I don't know. Gra- Golgari Grave Troll. Sure. Mike, I think you should play Golgari Grave Troll. Shut up, Brian. No one would play Golgari Grave Troll and Psychotog in the same deck. That doesn't make any sense. It's doesn't. green. Stupid. Uh, would you, uh, what do you think of that? You can't ever beat the Fog deck, I assume. I've never tried. I don't know. What if I just cast the Zell's Conscripts and then took their Gideon? Look, <laughs> what do you think about that? Just fog you. I would take their Gideon. They don't get fog with Gideon. What? No, I would just take their Gideon. Forever? And just blow up the world. Oh. Well, including all of their stupid you're, stuff. You're assuming that their Gideon would be on 15? Yeah, I would make it be on 15. How would you make it be on 15? I don't know. <laughs> just take it. It's mine. I mean, they're not infinity I fogs, just, right? They I would like, just steal it from them and then call for a deck check. So, they what o- you just told so me. let's be clear. They only have eight fogs and four snapcaster mages, right? Sure. But their deck doesn't really do anything other than fog, no, I, right? I, I watched someone playing it today. Yeah? It's not, doesn't seem very good. No? I mean, it came in second place in the Saturday PTQ last week, was that uh, right? And the one on online, uh, yeah. online, yeah. Yeah, I was actually going to write about that, that deck for my daily MTGs. It seems it seems pretty. Hey, let me ask you a glass cannony. Glass cannon. Let me ask you a different question. Speaking sure. of, uh, wait, what, what happened to Boris Reckoner? 
He's awesome. Is he awesome? Yeah, he's fantastic. What's he awesome in? I haven't seen anyone doing anything with him in standard, really. Um, he's, like, really spectacular. I don't know. It depends I mean, who you're playing against. If you're playing against a, a Gruul or a Nia Rush deck, I can't think of very many cards I would rather have in my opening hand. Sure. Like, he's... Because the reason that... Not the reason. One of the reasons that Jund is a pretty good deck is they're, like, one of the few decks that can actually remove a Boros Reckoner without losing a massive amount of initiative, you know? Like, most decks, in order to remove a a Boros Reckoner, they lose a lot. I mean, my... My Molten Primordial decks all have the the combo in the sideboard, Reckoner and, and Blasphemous Act, and you just, like attack your opponent down to 13 and kill them. It's just like a combo deck. It's actually quite powerful. Do you clap like a small child when you do it? No. I don't know. Like, it's not my fault. They made magic just set up to do spectacular (laughs) things. Like, by spectacular, I mean spectacularly (laughs) stupid things. Like, why is a blue-white control deck playing Aurelia? Like, oh, I'll just randomly play a six-drop angel in my deck with four of the creatures. Don't you want, like, some sort of... Do you feel like there's, there, there's supposed to be some sort of, like, punishment for having awesome mana in this format? And there's just none, right? There is. The, what? Like, the, the beatdown decks, like, really punish you. If you don't... Like, if you just play, like, a two-color deck, right, you're, like, a little bit better against the beatdown decks, but then your tools are a little bit limited. I mean, I, I think it depends what metagame you're playing against. Sure. Like, if you you can play in a tournament that we're... The top performing decks are Naya humans versus like Naya blitz. Well, every, everyone's. I mean, everyone seems to feel like playing anything other than like the junk reanimator decks right now. Like that, those are just hands down seem to be like the best deck and the deck that everyone's just kind of like throwing up their hands and See, like ah, I can't. I don't beat understand it. that the junk reanimator deck has. Improved not at all since since Gatecrash came out. It was like one of the better decks, you know, four months ago, five months ago. It was beatable then. Why did why has it suddenly become unbeatable? Like, what if people just played the Bant deck? The Bant deck from you know that Reed and uh, you know had all the that success with that was developed by Andrew Cuneo and Sam Black. It's a tremendous advantage against the Jump Reanimator deck. Also, infinite reanimator decks and faster reanimator decks like the ones with chronic flooding are vastly advantaged against that deck. Like, that deck is, is in part good, I think, because Boros Reckoner is a good card, right? Or because the Rush decks are good. It's very good at absorbing early game damage and winning before the opponent can kill it. Like, you know, it just plays these... And Centaur Healer is... Centaur Healer is a spicy little number, It's really good at absorbing... If you play, like, a first-turn Avacyn's Pilgrim, Centaur Healer is really, 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 really good at absorbing a Boros Elite, right? No, it's... Block. It's just a solid card. It's spectacular at that. But if your opponents are playing with cards as... But even if they're playing, like, Naya Blitz or something, and they're, you know, the card is emissary into some other creature... You know, being able to absorb one of those creatures is... Yeah, it's good against that deck. Like, if people choose to play infinite reanimator decks, or if they just choose to play Bant control decks... I mean, what how good is how good is Braintree Emissary? Uh, like, a in the very, Pantheon very good of card. Two Drops. It's a very good In the good Pantheon card. of Two Drops. Is it a top ten all-time Two Drop? I don't think so. It probably is. I it I mean, probably... Like, I mean, this card's, the card's kind of insane. Would you rate the card a man? I don't know. It's like a manamorphose. Would you, what's better, a card a or manamorphose attacks for two? Well, no. Is it, what's, what, I'm asking a serious question. What would you rather have, a, a card 
or a two-two. Like it, it, obviously, it's the deck that I'm playing. Like if I'm playing, the it's Naya also deck. good in infinite reanimator decks. <laughs> <laughs> it's good in Naya. It's good in. It's good in a lot of these. Like, you know, like it's it's better in Gruel Beatdown than I think it is in Naya Blitz. And it's good in Naya Blitz, but not as good as it is in Gruel Beatdown, where you're always guaranteed to be able to use the mana. You're like. Ooh, Burning Tree Emissary. Champion of the Parish? <laughs> this doesn't really work out the way that I wanted it. It's still good in that deck, you know? Yeah. But it's it's no, like, Burning Tree Emissary? Foothoof Boar? Yeah, Burning Tree Emissary and Foothoof Boar is disgusting. I mean, Burning Tree Emissary and any kind of lightning, lightning, lightning waller, waller se- yeah, yeah. sequence is just... Bleh. But I don't know. The decks that I like to play are actually perform really well against all the decks that, that you're talking about. Sure. I think that people have forgotten you can block in Magic the Gathering. <laughs> like blocking is good. Yeah, blocking's awesome. Block I blocking's... I mean, just in general, blocking seems like it should be a bigger part of your Magic repertoire. It's an underutilized skill, Yeah, perhaps. yeah, yeah. Well, you're taught that blocking's bad, right? Uh, like, when you, you guys when you, should be sideways. When I you're making... But that's what I'm saying, right? You're taught when you make that first leap up from yeah. sort of fumbling primordial ooze of a magic player into someone who, you know, can do well at Friday Night Magic. One of the first things you learn is like, well, why'd you just block there? Why why didn't you attack him? Why didn't you do this? Why why was your guy, you know, you're, you're really oh, taught nice. to be more aggressive and to like be more, uh, you know, putting your creatures towards your opponent. Like, like the idea of actually blocking and trading or even like tactically chump blocking is, yeah. is something that's, I, I think, a sort of higher level. It's interesting that you say that. I think that as a deck designer... Although Lingering Souls has sort of, I guess, taught people about tactical chump blocking. Well, I mean, it's not really chump blocking. Like, Lingering Souls' job is to fog, right? Like, Sure. I mean, or kill people. Like, sure. It's also interesting that it kills people. Doesn't the Turbo Fog deck have Lingering Souls? They don't make black. I, look, you, do you understand that you can just do whatever you, can't you want? You really do whatever you, you do want. do whatever you want. You get... As long as you willing to take six to eight damage from your land, you can do whatever you I just, want. I just want to contextualize something for you. The I get, by the way, multiple times today, I saw someone make the following play. Take two, game three. Okay. <laughs> Agree. I'm just going to say something. So, like, the infinite... Re- so, you know the Aristocrats deck, right? So, when you first see the Aristocrats deck, you're like, oh, Cartel Aristocrat. <laughs> you know, oh, okay. Got it. There's an infinite combo here, right? No, there's not. It's just some idiot guys yeah. and a champion of the pair. It's just like a value deck. So, like, it's not even that much value. <laughs> it's like a two. It's like a, a one one, and then a two drop, and then sag my own guys. Okay, it's not actually that much value. Right. Part I mean, of the development. Sam Black, Black has gotten a lot of value out of sacking okay, his own guys. He likes sacking He's his own won guys. a car, sacking just, his own guys. I'm just pointing something out. He got out. Tom Martella Pro Tour top eight and a win, sacking his own just, guys. Which is just that, like, the part of the development of that deck came from the realization of Team SCG that the other deck with Cartel Aristocrat, i.e., the Infinite Life Human Reanimate, because they didn't have the Infinite Mill deck, right? Sure. It was simply the Infinite Life deck. The Infinite Life deck was too slow and clunky. <laughs> Against the beatdown decks. Yeah, and the Infinite Life deck was doing what? The Boris Reckoner, Double Charm kind of stuff? No, th- that deck... Uh, the other Infinite actually, Life that deck's deck? actually quite good against, yeah, against, yeah, uh, the other against Infinite beatdown Life decks because it has Boros Reckoner. Yeah. But the other Infinite Life deck was just like, um, uh, you know, Know Myself, Cartel, or, uh, whatever it is, put a bunch of cards in the graveyard, it's simplistically, uh, Unburial Rites, Angel of Glory's Rise, Get Back, Humans... 
and the following things are humans. Huntmaster of the Fells, sure, Fiend, Hunter. Fiend Hunter, Cartel Aristocrat. Sure. So those guys come back. Fiend Hunter covers um, covers uh, Angel of Glory's Rise. Sack yeah, yeah. the other dudes, put them back in the graveyard. Yeah. Sack yeah. Fiend Hunter, get back Angel of Glory's Rise. Loop for Infinite yeah. Life and Infinite Wolves. And then... So that deck is marginally worse than the infinite mill deck because you actually have to kill, attack the opponent next turn. After you've generated infinite power and infinite life, you haven't yet won. <laughs> so you could actually still lose. Like, you could be terminus. Like, there's, like, sure. annoying things that can happen sure, to you. Sure, sure. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, the, one of the realizations that led to the development of the Aristocrats deck was that, like, the infinite life generating cartel Aristocrats deck was not <laughs> fast enough against beatdown. So when you're like, oh, if you're willing to take six to eight damage, blah, 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 you're now taking a deck that was designed to stop... <laughs> Like experiment one from killing you quickly into a deck that experiment one can now kill. You, know, you understand that eight out of ten things that come out of my mouth, or four out of five, are just facetious, right? You I know, don't know which ones. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. Um, saw saw a really interesting aggro deck today. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a deck you and I had talked about a little bit when we were doing our previews for Gate Crash. <laughs> Does it have Cloud Fin Raptor? It did. Ooh. So it, it opened, we didn't prep that, people we at didn't, home. We did actually. Cloud it, it opened on Cloud Fin Raptor into... Um, Gyre Sage? Into Geist of St. Traft. Oh, that's exactly what we were talking about previously. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. And, like, this, and this version was just blue-white. It seemed a little, like... Budgety, if you know yeah. what I'm saying, like like he probably didn't have enough to like take six to eight damage from his lands and go. But bad. like, guys, the same traps is like a bazillion dollar. Well, I mean, but he but he probably had them since they were only a million dollars. Yeah. Um, but you could actually like four Cloudfin Raptor, four Experiment One, and then like guys and all. stuff. And just we like, might as well just like a band aggro. Gyre Sage deck. then. Yeah, Gyre Sage is pretty sweet. I think of Gyre Sage more as, like... Some people are like, oh, is he, like, a bad Avacyn's Pilgrim? I actually think of him more as a bad Farseek. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's a Farseek that can block. So tell me what you think about this deck. I made this deck last week. I don't know if I'm going to have time to, like, make bids or whatever of it, but um, here's my deck. So it's like, these cards are all sweet in other formats. I don't know, but nobody even plays them in standard. So here's the deck. Snapcaster Mage. I mean, people play that. Deathrite Shaman. Deliver of Secrets. Yeah, I mean, those are those are the dudes. Okay, I mean, like, sure. and then the spells are like, think twice, Azorius Charm, some point black removal, one. Um, Where's your Quarian Dryad? One supreme. Once there's no. Well, the only green is like just two hinterland harbors. Where's your Quarian Dryad? No, no thanks. And four Sphinx's Revelation. So like, know, man. I'm I'm just. Then after oh, and it has like some lingering souls to fight people with. Um, I played against some actually like some Jun players who were, like, pretty wise who just, like, just tried to kill all my guys. Yeah. And then, like, I was, like, had a hundred more cards than they did and then just lost. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, so I tested the decks. And Still had all these Sphinx's revelations. So I have one Nefalia Drownyard as well. Sure. So, to, so you can't be that wise, buddy. But it's, it's, like, pretty cool. Like, you play against a regular Esper deck, you're just so much faster than they are. You're, like, you know, first turn... Deathrite Shaman. It's actually annoying for them. And then, like, your Sphinx's Revelation is just a little bit bigger than theirs. Because you cast, like, a... Either, like, somebody's drowning yarding the other person, or you, like, cast, like, a Thought Scour or whatever, and you just randomly have a land in your graveyard, and you're like, <laughs> Slightly better than yours. Deathrite Shaman's pretty awesome. That's yeah, a good card. Um, so... Well, so what's been going on? You you went to the Pro Tour and some Grand Prix and I stuff did, like that? I did, I did, I did. Been exciting, you know. Magic's just like kind of awesome, you know. Catherine asked me last week. She's like, "Do you still like magic?" <laughs> I'm like, 
yes. <laughs> what gave it away? Yeah. That whole dedicating my adulthood to it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like sitting here like playing like my nth hour of like a new brew on M- on MTGO. She walks by. She's like, you still like that game? How many? So here's, here's a serious question. Yep. So I've been playing Magic for very, very close to 20 years. Yeah. Same. Right? Like, what am I? So it's like, so it's like 19 somewhere, years for me. So I started running my tournaments and ran my first tournament in November of 94. But I was playing for, for a fairly significant amount of time, at least six months. So like early 94 is probably somewhere yep. in there when I started. So probably in that first year, the first year and a half, there are some windows where I didn't play a lot of Magic. But I would be hard-pressed to find a full week in the other 17 and a half years where I haven't played Magic. So I started playing in spring-summer of 1994. So I think I started playing in, uh, I'll say May or June. Then I played all summer. Then I went to college, and I didn't know anybody who played Magic like for like the first year. So. You know what's a really good way to remedy that? Go play Magic. Make a lot of friends. But Magic was brand new. Like there yeah, was like yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no. You didn't have Friday Night Magic. Yeah, there was like barely an internet. Forget yeah, about internet yeah, magic yeah. sites, you know. But then like after like I would say, and then even in my second year of college, like I like there weren't that many people who played Magic that I knew. Um, but then like in the second half of my second year of college, I, I mean when I got went back home or whatever in the summer, I played like nonstop. Off. Yeah, yeah. But then my third year of college, I don't know. I started playing fifty hours a week. Like, <laughs> Like literal fifty hours a week, and I, I don't know. Surprisingly, I won a lot of tournaments playing fifty hours a week. Yeah, it's like it's what is this a PTQ? Always interesting how that works. Out. I'm, I'm actually so like ensorcelled by the idea that it's hard to win PTQs. I feel like oh, PTQs are so PTQs hard. Are I heard that they're hard now. They're pretty brutal. Like just pay, like first of all, just go to a Northeast PTQ. I feel like I could win one. Do you have any like, like I haven't really... champions are just randomly floating around? I. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I haven't really tried to win a PTQ in years, but, like, I played in a couple of tournaments, like, over the last two months where, like, I had way less preparation than I ever had when I was seriously trying to win PTQs, and I was, like, one match out of top eight in every single tournament that I played in. And, like, the other people in the tournaments that I played in were, like, pretty good. But the difference between one match out of top eight and top eight and winning is, or, or I think, pretty... Sure, and if Pretty I'm grinding steep. tournaments twice yeah. a week every week, I actually think that I could probably get sure. some of those. Like, sure. I'm, I'm sure you. <clears throat> I mean, historically, when you've played, you've done well. I mean, so. like, and like, I played in a in an open where my losses were. Josh Ravitz killed me on the first turn, and then I lost several rounds later on the first turn. Are you playing? Are you playing in the uh, Star City team event? Um, with you? I don't know. I don't know. I figured I would get one of the old man spec together. We can't do McKenna. He just had another kid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, I, I figured I would go to that tournament. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to play in the standard on Saturday, but I'm going to play in the team. Why? You can, what if you played, like, Blue-Green Genesis Wave? I would absolutely play Blue-Green Genesis Wave. Standard's actually, like, my favorite format. I think you can play, like, all kinds I'm of... Just not, I'm just not... I'm just not playing it a lot, so I don't... I, and I, I, it's difficult for me to get two days away for, like, to play Magic, so I'd rather play teams. Um, when's the Grand Prix in Las Vegas? Because I think I'm going to go to that. Uh, I don't remember the dates now. Uh, and I'm, I'm definitely playing in the Nationals in, in... In Virginia? No, no, the one in... Uh, in Chicago? Chicago, yeah. I'm, I'm in a wedding, the one that, that's oh, in, nice. in Baltimore. You have enough, and you have enough Planeswalker points to I qualify. do. 
Chohawk got them for me. Ooh. So I like had done really, like I said, not I didn't do like insanely well in all these tournaments. So I played in like four tournaments, and I like moneyed all the tournaments you could money, and then I was just like a win out of top eight in all these other tournaments I played in. So the only one I didn't do well was a uh, Grand Prix AC, but then I almost made top eight the next day in the in the fake PTQ that Owen won. Right. Like the people who finished ahead of me in that PTQ were like, fake PTQ, I should say. Yeah, because it's like for it's the, the super series. Yeah, it's like yeah. for the fake Pro Tour that's in. Yeah. It's like the people who finished ahead of me were like Reed, Cuneo, Matthias Hunt, and Owen. <laughs> like, like, the, like the the top eight and the GCB Pro, Pro Tour finalist, rookie of the year, player of the year, like, like player the, of the year. Like the, the worst person in the top eight was T Pup. It was like T Pup, Reed, GCB, Owen, Cuneo, Matthias Hunt, like. And, and I only lost to somebody who cheated against me, like literal cheated. And like the probs was, I uh, I, I haven't played enough paper, so I just had ring rust. So I was just like. If it, if it were like two thousand Michael J, I would have had him banned. Like he would have been crucified and never playing Magic again. Like, but the but the, he said he's like, oh, I love your articles, blah blah blah. So I was like totally disarmed when he cheated and lied to the judge. <laughs> so he like literal runs the line to the judge. So I look at the judge. And I'm like, he already changed his story, but I didn't make a big deal about it. And the head judge was like, Mike, would you like to reiterate what happened? I'm like, no. Like the problem was I wasn't going to win anyway. Like I was, just, I didn't really deserve to win the game, so the fact that he cheated like didn't really like sure. raise my hackles or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> lost to cheating slash lying to the judge. Like that was my. Yeah. You can't lose too many times at these tournaments. Yeah, no, you, you cannot. Sometimes you can't even lose once. X and one didn't make top eight of the PTQ yeah. on Sunday. I mean, that's that's like one it's of those unusual. It's unusual. I mean, the, like I would love, I would love to see something where like there was like a human tournament organizer at the start of those events who could make that. Right, right now, Magic Online is just sort of automated, right? Sign up for the PTQ. PTQ fires. Are there less than this? You know, it's, it's code, right? Are there less than this many players? Are there less than 410 players? Yes. Then this many rounds. So, But, you know, there's, you know, there's some... It'd be nice if there's some human element that could say... Oh, well, this is really close. We should probably add a round, but well, I don't know. So, that. I, mean, I don't know. That. Tell I don't me what know you that think about this, right? That. So, like, I played in an open last year. Played in like one open, I think. Yeah. Last year, and um, I'm like eight and one in a ten round tournament. Yeah. But I lost in round one. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Playing on camera for top eight, and I get double mana screwed or whatever, right? Sure. Like in most situations, yeah, I'm supposed to. <laughs> I'm supposed to be able to make top eight of that tournament. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, So, yeah. like, it's... I think it, it's tough because it's, well, it's... I mean, I... Is it I, bad that Magic's doing I, well and a lot of people I are... X, didn't I X to the tournament in Jersey? I mean, that the, was, like, two years ago. But I'm saying, but I'm saying I X to that and finished, like, in... Top 32, right? Yeah, but not... Not even close to top sixteen. Oh yeah, sure. You know, I, I mean, mean the my, tournaments are big. My X two where I was Just don't playing, lose. It's really my advice to <laughs> aspiring Magic players. Playing for top eight, um, I finished seventeenth, so which is like the biggest insult. Yeah. <laughs> the seventeenth money is the same as thirty second money. Uh, back then, they changed the price structure so that the entire top 16 and top 32 is the same money now. Right. Which I think is better right. for how their breakers work. But you can't be, like, pissed that Magic's doing so well that the tournaments are big. I think maybe the solution is that we cut to top 16 instead of top 8 and then I've run thought a about, tournament. I've, I've thought about that also. Because the... Like, you let everyone else go home a little early. Yeah, the... the, the the 10k that I won that top 12 modified double limb. No, no, seriously. The the the, I, no, I, the I, one I, where I won with the blue red um, the blue red Exarch twin deck was it 2011 or something? 
That's a long time ago. I felt like I, I won a tournament more recently than that. I, I, guess I, I actually wonder if there's a way. What if you did something where everyone... So you add an extra round. Everyone tied for top eight yeah. advances to the top eight. So hold, hold, bear with me for a second. I'm listening. Right? So let's say that that's 15 people. And then... So what would happen is... Or even let's just say it was 10 people. So the bottom four people in that standing... Get a would, No. They play each other. So you get one round of elimination, and all the top people, the people at the top they take of the a city, break. they get a buy. Yeah, okay. So you add, you add one sort of playoff round for people tied for top eight. So here's the thing. Is that is that in, does that seem ridiculous to you? No, no. Here, here's I, I would just point something out. Both of the, the or does suge- everyone just draw more? No, the suggestions that we're making. It doesn't matter if they do or not. Okay. The, sure. The suggestions we're making are really just for bragging rights, right? Because the structure of the tournaments, if you if you make top eight or you make top sixteen, right? If top sixteen now becomes a cachet thing, like be, making top eight is in the past, in like well, it's, it's not just it's not just that, right? It's it's also just about the idea that giving people like people want to feel like they've crossed this threshold and gotten to the yeah, it's just a cachet rights. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like. But I'm saying I don't even know if that's bragging rights it's so much as like. Rights. But they, but you also just want to know that you. Yeah, I guess you're. Right. I'm it's sorry. just <laughs> bragging rights. You're, you're right. Okay. You're right. You're right. A long time ago, and I mean, talk, when I say a long time ago, I mean like <laughs> probably five or so years ago. What was it? Your 2013. I'm gonna now? call Scott Larrabee though and ask him about this modified so, elimination round. Seven years ago. Seven years ago now, which is, I thought it was more recent than this. Josh Ravitz and I sat down and said. What the hell are we doing with our lives? Okay, like, why do we spend all this time on this game? You could make more money doing almost anything else. Oh, it's so frustrating so often, right? So the other thing is, like, you prepare a lot, you have a great deck, you're, like, you know, you're playing better than other people, and you still lose. Right. The the, the thing that can be hard about Magic is also you can't pick your spots. You can't go, I'm going to play this week. Yeah, it's not like poker. This is the week I'm going to play, and I hope I do really well. Like... To do really well, if like if you're set on qualifying for the Pro Tour, you really need to say, "I'm going to play in a season's worth of PTQs. I'm going to, you know, really like refine my deck. I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to have a dedicated group. I'm going to have this like aggressive network of information gatherers who are constantly combing and tune, combing through deck lists and tuning them. And then hopefully I'll finish second in two of them and get a special invite to the Pro Tour. I, honestly, like. I mean, Matthias, actually, I, I did a, a Grand Prix with him uh, yeah. in the booth. Matthias was like, if you really care about qualifying with the Pro Tour, why don't you just go to the soft PTQs and some others? I mean, we used to talk we, about we this. We talked about that a lot. I'm like, yeah, we, we talked about this. I mean, I, and I, I went back and thought the about it. The light's better over here. My record in, like, foreign PTQs, i.e. foreign being, like, in Nevada or something, <laughs> is insane. I've won so many away games. <laughs> sure. Like, uh... <laughs> sure. It took Dan Silverman orchestrating the entire other seven players against me when the second time I played at Star City. Before Star City was, like, a real thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. He's like, oh, who's that guy from the north? <laughs> we better stop him. He's from New York City. <laughs> it took seven counter-drafters. Said Dan Silverman. <laughs> yeah, said Dan Silverman. It's like, oh, Dan, why did you come to Roanoke, Virginia? He's like, all of my roommates made $40,000 last week. Figured it was time to get back into magic. <laughs> Uh. So, yeah, anyway, so Josh and I sat down and we're like, what are we doing this for? And he's just, it's just the glory. There's nothing else in Magic but the glory. Like, so, if you, it, I mean, I don't mean that in like a... No, of course, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's very clear. I mean, you look at Dave Williams or Eric Frolick, you know, 
they are, they are not playing. Ma- I mean, John Finkel's. Yeah, Marshall I was just saying, like, John Finkel's and Marshall don't need the money, you yeah. know? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, like. I mean, they also played for. I mean, I don't know, even know that John plays for the glory at this point as much as he just likes playing. Okay. He likes playing, and we cube at his house. Had a lot of fun cubing at his house, you know, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Right? That's for fun, right? Right. But, like, when John gets his, you know, 17th Pro Tour top eight next week or whenever, <laughs> whenever he's lined up to get that, sure. you know, that's, you know, another layer of bragging rights that no one else on the planet has. Sure. Or, like, you know, I look at, like, the evolution of Tom, right? Tom once said that he would rather be the number one rated Finkel draft player than to top eight a Pro Tour. Sure. Okay, right? And then he top eight a Pro Tour. <laughs> and he's like, I revised my position. <laughs> then he won a Grand Prix. Now he won a Pro Tour, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually think that Tom might hang up the wand now instead of being a fanatic. Like, he's actually accomplished I, most of the stuff that I, think, I can I think, see him hanging up the wand. I think he'd like to be the player's champion. I think he'd like to win the world championships. I mean, like, soonish. Not sure. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think, you know, he'll run out. The, you think he'll, he'll like, play off this string? Yeah, I mean, I just feel like... You look at, like, Paul Rietzel a few years back or whatever. Like, these guys who are, like, a little bit older than the average player, but not as old as us, sure. you know? They're invested in the community in a different way. They're invested in the community in, like, grinding out high-level events. And they're very good. Right. But, like, they're not willing to dedicate their lives to magic in the same way as a young grinder might be, right? right. Somebody who has no job uh, job obligations or family obligations or whatever and can literally just pour in two Opens every weekend that there's not a Grand Prix or a right. PTQ that they have to win. You know, you know, I think those guys are, like, more comfortable just stepping away or not even not playing an approach where they're qualified. Right. Well, which, it's always interesting to me to hear, you know, you hear people talk about sort of the... Uh, yeah, you know, some some high profile complaints about you know how hard it is to stay platinum or but all from people who've gotten jobs, you know, in the past two years. Well here, I mean you know, that that's certainly you know, and, and Paul Rietzel is someone else, you know, you talk about Paul Rietzel, Paul is someone who is, you know, has to balance that with a full time job. So, I mean I came to the realization, I think it was around the time of Pro Tour Honolulu, the Heezy's Pro Tour Honolulu. So, sure. so, you know, in Columbus, I was just like, you know, I'm going to be a Pro Magic player. So I go down, not qualified, um, try to win the... I literally flew to the to the LCQ in Columbus. Missed it by one, <laughs> like you do. And I was like, yeah, you know, I did really... My deck's fantastic, obviously. Uh, you know, I missed it by one. Uh, and then, you know, I got to do the booth the first time. And they're like, oh, you're pretty good at the booth. So I did the booth again. And I was like, yeah, but I really want to be a pro Magic player. So I won two PTQs that year. You know, like, so, um, you know, won some PTQs. And then got to be in this, like, crazy position where they let me be in the booth. <laughs> but I guess, like, you know, Greg and Randy were like, hey, you're not going to make day two anyway. <laughs> and they were right, you yeah. know. Like, I was able to win a couple string of PC, but then, you know, after Pro Tour Honolulu... They had, they had renewed faith that you wouldn't make day two. Yeah. You know, and, and Greg was like... See, see what I yeah, did yeah, yeah. There. yeah, I saw you played renewed faith at that point, though. I did not actually play well, renewed whatever. faith. I had it at my deck at one point. <laughs> you know, but like, you know, for Pro Tour Charleston, you know, Greg was like, um, you know, are you going to do this show? And I'm like, I actually plan to win this Pro Tour, so probably not. But, you know, I did, I did really well. And I, I couldn't do both. And then, like, I went a little bit further on in my life, and I'm just like, I can't... I, I completely gave up the idea of being a pro Magic player. Like, I I told Chris Bakula, he, you know, he, he 
he finished just outside of a top eight or something. Right? Did he lose in the finals or something? Relatively, I think he lost in the finals recently, right? I think so. Yeah. So he's like, you know, it's so hard to get on the pro tour, and I'm like, is it really? If you, you know, I think it's only hard for us. You're honestly, going to give me like 15 reps? Like I'm going to play in 15 PTQs? You're honestly telling me I'm not going to win one? I don't believe you, right? Like. My lifetime batting average is way too good to not. Are you give me thirty reps. I mean, I, like the. I, I, I think I think it also depends on, to some extent, where you take those reps. I think I think if you're serious about it and you do spread, your. Uh, attempts out over some different, uh, geographic regions other than say, you know, the Atlantic Seaboard. Not only have I won numerous PTQs in the hardest place you could possibly sure. PTQs, I won one with you. <laughs> Just want to point that one out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We, like, we did. I've won a lot of PTQs in New York City. That was a PTQ. We, really, we lost in the first round, didn't have good decks. I had to beat a flipped Exalted Angel in the fourth turn. Are you kidding? We beat McCord's team in the top four. They top that's, foured that Pro Tour. That's true. That's true. Are you sure it wasn't a hard PTQ? It, it, I, over, overall, I, there, was, there were a couple we of We demolished matches. those kids in the finals. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think anyone's ever been oh, so yeah. thoroughly outdrafted as our well, opponents I in the finals. But the... <laughs> Remember when McKenna slapped my hand and oh. it, he was just like, because he realized that our our, our red green opponent wasn't in beasts, so we were gonna bounce the canopy crawler and take it. Bouncing, bouncing the canopy crawler oh is God. probably like it's so hard to like put it in the correct context that someone can appreciate it, but like probably a career highlight. I mean, like imagine you're playing cube and five picks go by, you look at your pack and there's still a black lotus in it. That's how good bouncing that canopy crawler was. It was yeah, it was just it was just insane. Tenth Street is that way, two blocks. Two blocks. Two blocks that way, but don't take that street. Take that street. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's a career. You think that was that the most impressive thing we did that day? No, I, I think killing the flipped exalted angel. Was, I mean, it was pretty insane. I just had dreams of killing that flipped exalted angel. Or, I mean, like remember when we both qualified for nationals that one day? I was just like, I just like I'm gonna qualify, so I just like practiced a whole lot with my deck. And then just went undefeated in the Swiss. What deck did I play with? You played Jerry's deck. Oh, that deck was good. It was good. Yeah, it was probably better than my deck. deck my deck was, was a really good metagame, and I, I just imagined <laughs> drawing three spreading seeds in my opening hand every game, and then I just kept doing that against Jun decks. See, did you see that, uh, the, 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 the literal Dredgevine deck from the last Grand Prix? I did the not. Guy, guy showed up at the Grand Prix Modern playing literal Dredgevine. Just Dredgevine. Literal Dredgevine. Uh, Vengevines... Um, Golgari, not Golgari, great stinkweed imps, you know, Golgari thugs, Dakmore salvage. Was it good? Yeah, it was pretty sweet. Yeah. Faithless looting. Faithless looting is pretty sick in Dredge. I mean, if you, I mean, if you're gonna play in a, a version of Magic the Gathering that doesn't punish you for playing all the colors, <laughs> um, I was thinking about like if I played, if I wanted to play in a modern tournament, I think I would either play Jund, but not everyone else is Jund. I think I'd play like Dombarad Obliterator. Sure. Or I would play. I'd probably just play Green White, aka the Dream. I mean, I don't. I won a lot of matches with that deck without ever assembling the combo. Like your sure. cards are just pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, like, wait, you're really not killing my Fauna Shaman? All right, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> like, did I really just untap with this Fauna Shaman? Play? Oh boy, what are you thinking? Like, like I could get his Treekma for your dude while setting up my Vengevine combo. <laughs> Oh, you're playing blue cards? Do you know how many Debbie God of Revenges I can produce next turn? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, or I just play green-white. Like, 
first turn Noble Hierarch, second turn uh, Nest Invader. I'd play that deck. <laughs> you like right. it? Yeah. I think Nest Invader decks are good. You know me. I, I like I like a value a value two drop. Yeah, and then you just attack them and then make an Emrakul oh, on man, the third what turn. Oh man, the best would be like Burning Tree Emissary into Nest <gasps> Invader. I think that might be too greedy for this deck. <laughs> it doesn't produce enough power. Maybe you're right. I mean, that, does that card do exactly what you want? Like, the last thing... Burning Tree, like, Burning Tree Emissary has just been amazing to me. Like, it's a card that's just gone up in every... Yeah, in it's every, a spectacular well, card. There's no question about that. Oh, so, tell me what you do. If you're playing against eggs, you just go, like, first turn Noble Herrick, like, second turn Knight of the Reliquary. Can they win? You sit there with an Eye of the Reliquary? In, in game one, they're dead, right? Uh, wait, for what? Because what are they going to do? They're going to go get... You get Bajooka Bog. Yeah, they, they can beat you through a Bajooka Bog. Really? Yeah. My deck makes a third turn Emrakul. You st- you, you... I'm just I'm just saying that they can beat you through a Bajooka Bog. Yeah, but it puts it taxes them for turns. Sure, yes, it does. But I'm just saying, like, that that in and of itself is not... Yeah, but remember, this is, like... So you take a, t- you take a setup turn making your Terravore, because it's basically a Terravore as well, right? Right. And then you're like, all right, I'm going to spend the next turn setting up my Emrakul slash so, but the thing, But the thing that they can do is, especially when you look at the, the list that uh, the kid won the Grand Prix with, is he can... Uh, twin ver- cast, right? Yeah, twin, twin cast is sweet. Yeah, but he needs substantial time to do that. He needs, Not like, five turns. Not necessarily. I mean, I... I I don't, I don't. Remember, um, that guy's also an insane combo with, uh, with, uh, Lotus Cobra and... Yeah, I mean, the card, I mean, I, I think, I think that of the round card is really good. So, All right. I mean, I, sh- so if you just go, like, third turn Primeval Titan, they have to kill you, or you're going to make, like, Iona Emrakul the next turn. <laughs> yeah. No? Yeah. Like, can they win if you have Iona on white? Probably, probably not, right? Probably, probably not. I mean, I mean, they they can because they can just echoing truth. It. I mean, assuming this is a sideboarded game. I mean, like, what if you go like first turn Noble Hierarch, second turn Cobra, and Knight of the Reliquary? Like, that's pretty sweet. I, I just don't see you losing. <laughs> they, they can they can reshape and just try to kill you. Like the thing that they can do is if you put if you put that pressure on them, they can attempt to go off under duress. Okay. Right, and say, okay, well, I'm just going to reshape this into a into a into a lotus bloom. I'm going to do the, I'm going to draw two cards. I'm going to because like you basically what you're probably going to do the next turn is just attack with the cobra if you don't have the kill, right? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. or you could just go like Iona White with a untapped yeah. knight of the reliquary. I don't think they can win. Sure, but like, they're going to they're going to they're going to attempt to go off under duress, which they can do. They, I've sure. seen them, you've seen them do it all the time. Yeah, but especially especially a skilled player. Who I'm actually pretty surprised people don't play the green white deck. It's so powerful and it's good against junk. It's like really good against uh, against strategies that you know try to try to play even with you. Because you can just go like you know, Cobra Primeval type. Yeah, yeah. The uh... so let's, let's talk for wrap because I, I gotta get I gotta head home in a few minutes. Okay. Um, what are people watching? TV shows. Um. You know, I've never gotten into just, Justified, so I just started watching, and I watched, uh, I binge watched a few episodes. You watched season one. Season one, season season one, one. is the weakest season. Okay, um, it's still pretty good. It's I still like really it. good. Um, so I've been watching that. Uh, I actually like some of the Fox comedies. I actually wish I liked New Girl more. 
You don't like New Girl, right? I feel like I just don't like New Girl very much, but it's actually, like, insanely hilarious. So I was, like, with, like, Josh and Taya, and I was like, I think New Girl is really good. And they're like, I've watched every episode, but it's not that good. I mean, it's not that funny. I'm like, really? What about the one where he's, like, can't go, can't go far enough slash goes too far on the pranks? It's like, yeah, that's just the funniest thing that's been on TV this year. But, like, I can, I can intellectually know that it's, like, an insanely funny, well-written show, and then I still don't like it that much. Like, I don't... <laughs> That seems weird for a comedy, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I actually really like the Fox comedy. I actually really like Mindy Project as well. Yeah, people seem to love it. My wife loves that. I it's good. Watched it. uh, I mean, like, they're different from the NBC comedies, right? The NBC comedies are like... All right, NBC comedies are... So, So the thing I love this year is that Community. So, Community is a show that, for most of its run, has had its fan base rallying to keep it on the air. Yeah. And this year has had its fan base rallying to get it canceled. I think, first of all, it's already been canceled. Yes, I know. So they but, shut but, up. But like, the fan base, you know, helped. It's interesting. Like, I actually was never really that into community. Yeah. People are like, it's better than Arrested Development. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not better than it's not better than 30 Rock, but it's still a good show. Yeah. It's not even the best show on Thursday nights, right, on that on that network. But it's still a good show. Have you tried watching The Following? No. It is. I understand you hate watching it. It is. It is. It is the bane of my television watching existence. It's an hour that I somehow can't escape from every week. Okay, more importantly, what did you think about the last few episodes of Young Justice? I haven't watched them yet. Are you really? I haven't watched them yet. I was so pissed about the, the series I just, I just, I need to, I need to go and watch it. I, I just found out that Netflix got Batman Beyond, Justice League, uh, and Justice, Justice Unlimited, or whatever Justice League Unlimited? Justice League I Unlimited. own those. In but they're all on, they're all Netflix now. Yeah? Yeah. Like, Cartoon Network just signed a deal. Like, Adventure Time, I'm going to Oh, they watching. must have, because they lost all of their, their licenses. I guess. So, they just, so, they canceled Green Lantern and Young Justice, which they did to themselves by putting that idiot hiatus up, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So then, so then, like, you know, episode seven gets announced or whatever, and they're just like, fine, we're going to cancel Clone Wars 2. I actually don't, because the entire shape of the network is going to be completely different next year. Like, I think of those shows as a block, like Ben 10, Clone Wars, you know, I never watched Green Lantern, but, you know, it was part of the block. I, it, I you know, like Green Lantern. And it was previously Thundercats, right? Yeah. So, previously, like Thundercats Green. was excellent, and, um, and Young Justice... And they canceled three of the four, and Ben 10's bad now. But you know what? Like, Ben 10 is so good at merch, right? Like, they were, like, the number one licensed product, like, a few years ago, and they're still strong. But it was an ingenious show previously, and now it's just, like, very bad. Still watch it. Very bad. You watch, uh, I know your, your wife was asking on Facebook about, I was talking about Bates Motel. Have you watched that yet? I haven't watched it. Is it good? I, I like it. I could, I could I mean, see watching it. I mean, Vera Familia, whatever the hell her name is. From, she was in The Departed, and uh, she was in uh, the the George Clooney airplane movie. I know who she is. Yeah, yeah. she's unbelievable. She's so good. I can see for watching that. Yeah. So Game of Thrones came back off. Game of Thrones. Did you watch it? Of course. Okay. I've watched it more than once already. <laughs> Actually, I really love The Good Wife. Me and PV. I, I haven't watched it. I, Wang loves it. Wang loves The Good Wife. It's very good. It's like a Showtime or an HBO show that happens to be on CBS. Sure. One of the few network shows that's. It's very good. Yeah. I, my, my guilty network show. Obviously, it's going to get canceled. Because yeah. It's very good. My guilty network show is uh, Person of Interest. You mean Batman? So they just took Batman and made him <laughs> two different characters, right? Bruce is a character, and the actual Batman's a character, right? So there's like a psychopathic, violent one, and then just the rich guy, right? Do you watch it? No, but I, I mean, I see him all the time at 59th Street. Yeah. You know, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> He's always there. Yeah. It's. I see him every week. It's fun. It's a fun show. It's, a, it's the Equalizer meets Batman. 
It's just Batman. You're just, just Batman. It's Batman. He does have Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> should, I, should I binge watch that? It's it's fun. I like it. I mean, it's not it's not a, it's not a super deep show. Oh, speaking like of binge of watching, it. I mean, obviously House of Cards. I binge watched it. Yeah, I watched the entire thing in three how, days. How good is Robin Wright? Really? That's I actually liked. Uh, what's the young woman's name? Uh, Kate. What's her real name? No, her name is Kate. She's Kate Mara. Kate Mara. Yeah, I, I liked her a lot. I liked her the best. Do you understand that she is the heir to the New York Giants football fortune? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, her and Rooney Mara are both grand granddaughters of the founder of the New York Giants, or the you know the family that owns the New York Giants. I always admire it when people go out and do something with their lives, even when they're really rich. Rooney Mara's She's, she's the one who's in like the all the Fincher movies. What? She's in the one who's in all the Fincher movies, right? She's in. She's in the girl with the dragon tattoo. Fincher movies. And right. she's in uh, Side Effects right now, which I haven't seen yet. But is I'm she? Sorry. She's also in Social Network, right? Is she? I think she is in Social yeah, Network. Yeah, I think she's. So I guess Fincher likes his Mara girl. You can't see right now, but I'm... your 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 eyes are going in the back of your head. Yeah, more or less. <clears throat> so let's see what else I like. So Doctor Who came back last week. I watched Doctor Who. Um. I, uh, so, I hadn't seen the Christmas special, so I got to watch that. Yeah, I didn't like it that much. I mean, it was fun. You know what I was actually thinking about doing? Is watching um, oh, have you, have you watching all the River Song episodes in chronological order. Oh, not not in Not in broadcast order, in chronological order. Right. right? So, um, so sort of like the lost... Patrick's actually watching Chronologically Lost, and, lost. And, and he's like he's like yeah, it starts a little slow but once you start watching it's just like insane if you watch in chronological order but I don't think I'll ever do that yeah I don't think I'll ever do that either but I think just watching the River Song episodes in chronological sure. might, might be interesting so uh, my sister has the whatever series 7 or whatever it is on DVD so there's five vignettes of uh, of uh, like five minute episodes that are only available there sure. they're like not they were never released anywhere else uh, and one of them is like a five-minute window in the TARDIS, where the Doctor comes to the realization that it's going to be like right before what happens when we first meet River. Oh, so he, the thing is like, and that was in his past, right? When he yeah. was Doctor Ten. Yeah. So now he's Doctor Eleven, and like he, you have this realization, and you're like, wow, that must really suck for him, you know? Yeah. Um, right. I, I loved. Uh, was it uh, Day of the? Was it? Day of the Moon, the one after the Impossible Astronaut, which was the uh, the season premiere uh, two years ago. It's the one where, the, where the, the, the agents are running around oh, capturing they, them at the beginning? You know, it's, yes. That, where, that episode's fine. Where, like, they have their first kiss. Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, uh, like where he's like, oh, we've never done this before. And it, they're like, you realize it was actually her last kiss? For, <clears throat> I gotta tell you, for 40 years, yeah. I've avoided Doctor Who. You were wrong. No, I wasn't wrong. I just had to wait for Stephen Moffat to start writing it. I mean, you can go back and watch, like, a lot of the Russell T. Davies stuff is watchable. Yeah. I I'm think, not going back. Uh, I would strongly recommend... Not uh, going back. Uh, Human Nature, Family of Blood. Not going back. David Tennant's my favorite doctor. I like him better than, than Matt Smith. I, well, I, like, I, I like him. David Tennant's got a new TV show coming on. Yep. Spies of Warsaw. Which I was... can't wait till the 50th anniversary. They're bringing back David Tennant. Yeah, yeah. I um, but I think they're going to bring back a lot of doctors. I, not just not just David sure. Tennant. Um, do you watch? Uh, do you watch Copper or? I watched all the Copper. I, I found it really unsatisfying. How about Ripper Street? I watched uh, only two. Episodes I, I like Ripper Street. Street a lot. What's really nice about Ripper Street is a lot of Game of Thrones actors. Oh yeah. So yeah, Bra- I noticed. Braun, Braun has a, a lead. Braun from Game of Thrones yep. has a leading in Ripper role in Ripper Street, and um, 
Jonah Mormont also yeah, yeah, I noticed guest Jonah starred Mormont. in an episode. Speaking of Jonah Mormont, uh, in last week's episode of Game of Thrones, did you like... I, I, Spoilers! I, I thought that they like... I was actually not surprised when they were just like, yeah, he's just Rain, he's just Barriss and Selmy. Whereas, like, because the thing is, like, that's a big plot point in the books. And, um... But the audience would recognize him, right? So right, they kind right, of have right. to run it that yes, way. Yes, yes. Did you, did you read the interview with the showrunners? No. I re- it's, a, it's a really good interview. Uh, I think it was on Grantland, which has become my favorite pop culture site lately. Uh, did you see, like, uh, but it's, it's the a really interesting Zach interview. Lowe article about Kobe Bryant's defense? No. Like it was like. Did you did you read the did you read the article about Stefan Marbury in China? Yes, his, with the statue. His, but the statue, but also just like his like humility and like the fact that he just rides the train to games with people and and the shopkeeper who's like, you know, how there's still like this kind of like guiltiness about like how good Chinese basketball is. Like they're like you know someone's like he's like oh yeah guys like teasing a shopkeeper he's like oh, I think one day Dwayne Wade's gonna come here at the end of his career I think he's gonna. Yeah, and the guy's like, oh, no, even old, he would be too good. <laughs> the way Wade's actually picked up his game is playing pretty well right yeah. now. Oh, did, the article about LeBron and how good he is on the Heat versus how good he was on the Cavs was stunning. You know, it was just so good. Uh, I, and I thought it was interesting also because it's like, oh, they actually, Spolster actually, like, because last year Spolster did nothing, right? Like he was, he was, he was a, I mean, he didn't, he didn't upset his players. That was his job. I mean, let's be honest. In Cleveland, LeBron played point guard, and then he played small forward for a while, okay? Yeah. He's always played power forward on the Heat. He plays a completely different position. He gets a lot of rebounds, and he plays with his back to the to the basket. And he was trained by Akeem Olajuwon in footwork and post-up play. He plays a completely different position. So if, if their argument is he takes more shots close to the basket, yeah, he used to play point guard. Like, they just listed him as a small forward because he's too big to be a small forward, right? But they had other guards on the floor. But he actually played point guard. Like, Mo Williams' job was to dream threes on that team. <laughs> um, so, I mean, but, you know. By the way, have you, have you watched J.R. Smith at all over the last two weeks? I have not watched any Knicks games. It's like, have you ever just, like, watched a, a sporting event and yelled at some player who has talent and gone, why won't he just... Yes. Some reason, about two and a half weeks ago, J.R. Smith listened to the collective screams of Nick fans so, everywhere. Did you watch? Did you, I'm sorry. Did you read the Grant Lee article about uh, about Luke Walton today? Yeah. yeah so J.R. Smith was on the all relevant, the all the all surprisingly yeah. relevant team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like suddenly he just was like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the basket instead of. He's like, you know this. He also has this new move, which he does, which is normally he'd be like. Trapped by two defenders, and then he'd fall back and take some ridiculous shot that yeah. doesn't go in. So now he fakes the ridiculous shot, and the defenders go up to stop him, and then he goes in for an easy layup around the defenders. Do you think he could teach that move to Carmelo? <laughs> okay. Because if he taught that move to Carmelo, you know, that, that might be an interesting part of Carmelo's repertoire. So I was going to say, like, um, and it was, like, love letter to Kobe Bryant's defense or whatever. So, like, Zach Lowe just, like, puts this, like, video up where Kobe takes, like, a, like a long two or, like, a mid-range three or whatever. Takes like a long two. Watches the watches are, are his own. Still recording? Yes. <laughs> are you oh, sure? Wait. I think so. Done. I hope this doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Kobe just like 
puts up this long two slash might be a three. I think it's just a long two because that's what Kobe would do. Sure. <laughs> just stands there, like, you know, like in the in the follow-through hand motion to watch his ball go in, but it doesn't go in. <laughs> and then, like, Klay uh, Thompson gets the rebound and then just dashes down the, oh. the floor and hits an open three while Kobe's still standing there <laughs> like, with his hand up. How, 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 uh, how amazed are you going to be if Dallas makes the playoffs? I would, I would be happy sad if Dallas makes the playoffs. So, like, the Cavs get, like, a sweet free roll if... Uh, if uh, the Lakers make the playoffs, because they have like whatever uh, their like arcane deal that put Luke Walton on the Cavs and then like gave Ramon Sessions to to the Lakers just long enough for them to lose Ramon Sessions is like uh, for some reason it's like a sweet like sure. swapsies deal for the Cavs if they make the playoffs and if they don't make the playoffs like I would just be happy because that team was like designed to like hurt hurt everything that's good in life and and instead they're going to be hurt and that's just justice. I don't believe in justice, but if they don't make the, the playoffs, I, I might start. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, let's just see how many future Hall of Famers we can stick on a team. All right, when are, when are we casting again? Because i got to go home. I don't know. Tomorrow? All right. <laughs> well, I'm actually casting tomorrow. With who? With Will Price. A Magic the Gathering podcast? <laughs> yes. A Magic the Gathering online podcast, apparently. All right. But really, I'm just trying to get like Game of Thrones perks out of him. Oh, okay. That sounds like a good plan. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, let's see. PlayLOHgame.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should. By decade. Yeah. That's a lot of decades. I was surprised. <laughs> you buy, I mean, keep buying decade. That's yeah. good. Also, buy the official Miser's Guide. Um, that's also good. And uh, what else should they play? Clash of the Dragons. Oh, on iOS, right? Yeah. Dawn of the Dawn Dragons, of Dragons is on Dawn iOS. Dawn of the Dragons on iOS. I haven't played that one yet. You should download is it. it sweet? And play it. Yeah, it's sweet. All right. So that's sweet. And then LOH Game, that's sweet also. Um... And uh, but even sweeter is uh, buying lots and, and lots of my books. We should all go to like Albuquerque, New Mexico, and play in a PTQ. At the same time, we can't both win. No, I meant everybody. Like everyone should. Everyone should. <laughs> it will no longer be soft. All right. Bye. This is Brian and Mike. Top eight magic. Bye.